Welcome in to Somewhat Mobile, an original series from Aptopia, where we talk shop with the best in the game, some of the brightest people in marketing, product, and more, in order to add transparency to the mobile app ecosystem. I'm Adam Blacker, joined by my co-host Madeline Lenahan. Together, we're responsible for all the content and data made publicly available from Aptopia. Great. With us today is Matt Hudson, Senior Mobile Delivery Manager at Belk. If you don't know, Belk is an American department store chain that's been around since 1888, not 1988, 1888, with hundreds of locations across the country, and more importantly to us, a mobile app that has seen phenomenal growth over the past year. So again, here to talk with us about that today is Matt Hudson. Matt, you got to tell the people, what does it mean? What is a senior mobile delivery manager? What do you do? <laughs> Boy, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, I want to say everything. Uh, so I'm responsible for primarily the technology that goes into the mobile app. I have a team of about 15 that build the Android and iPhone app. Um, but I write some code myself. I, I help out with the marketing. I sign contracts, all of that. So I'm basically just, it is, the name is what it is. I'm responsible for the totality of delivery for the Belk mobile app. Wow, that's no small job. How'd you get your start in mobile? So about seven years, oh, in mobile generally. Oh, that generally is yeah. a different question from Belk. So um, when iOS came out, <clears throat> I was working for a company in Arkansas called Rockfish Interactive. And Rockfish was a leading edge company doing work for Walmart, um, built mywalmart.com, walmartfacts.com, uh, a lot of good stuff. And when iPhone came out, we knew it was revolutionary. And so we started building apps on it. So when iOS 3.3 came out, I spun up Xcode and uh, I cranked out my first app and it steadily got rejected, or uh, it immediately got rejected by Apple. <laughs> And, uh, but you know, I was off to the races. People found out that uh, I could build mobile apps. And then eventually I worked at Charles Schwab. I worked on Sam's Club iPad. And then I came to Belk to work on their mobile web and to really help with the technical side of the product delivery. And then eventually took over the Belk app maybe three and a half years ago. And uh, that's what got me to where I am today. That's wow. awesome. So what, what, did, uh, what did your first app do? Uh, this is an adult show. We talked about that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, was, it was a long time ago. Uh, it, it was a drinking game. A friend of mine uh, wanted to build a drinking game. And so Apple rejected it. We spent a lot of time designing it. Um, you know, so it never actually made it to the App Store. But it is in my screenshots. Uh, had a beautiful design and, uh, you know, it, it was a good game and I learned a lot. And I actually, there was a lot of good technical things around timers in there that I learned as well. So it was a good experience. I yeah, thought he awesome. was going to say something much worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> so drinking game will take. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but uh, Apple called me directly and I was very impressed with Apple's, you know, service and said, hey, look, you know, we're not putting a drinking game in the store on a timer. So I was like, fair. okay, that's fair. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, create another one in the future, but right now you're at Belk uh, and uh, basically you guys are doing a good job by, uh, by our data. So by measure of monthly active users, we found Belk to be the fastest growing brick and mortar retailer app in the United States. Um, yeah, I love that. hearing that. Other, other department stores aren't, aren't faring as well with their mobile apps. So what do you think that you guys are doing either different or better? 
That's a complicated question, but uh, I think there's probably three primary facets. Um, you know, I get asked this a lot. I've met with a lot of great teams uh, that are partners with Belk um, or that are partners with Salesforce um, and have asked, you know, like, how, how did you do this? And so I think there's a couple things. Fundamentally, it is being about customer focus and having an understanding of what's available to the app team to grow it. So uh, the first thing is uh, we put in a fully native checkout. That native checkout we put in about two and a half years ago, we immediately saw a, a conversion increase. A lot of big retailers will put mobile web inside of checkout because of, you know, I'm not sure what competencies, maybe a cost, things of that nature. So the day we launched a native checkout, we saw an increase in conversion by a significant number of basis points, let's put it that way. Um, and it took a lot of research. My boss came to me and said, are you sure we should do this? It's taken a long time. And I said, I guarantee we will see conversion uplift. And they said, well, you know, it's small differences. I'm like, it's not small differences, gestures, persistent login, all of those things make a customer's life easier. And I realized this in, in an interesting moment. I, I have a seven-year-old daughter, actually her birthday's tomorrow. Um, happy, happy birthday, Hannah, if you're listening yeah. to this. They love to hear my podcast, so we'll make sure to call her out. Um, but when I was sitting with her, she uh, she would be crying and and I'd be in the glider and I'd be QAing our app. And I realized if I can't check out at Starbucks or with my crying baby in a glider with one thumb, it's not good enough. And I think that that is what really drove the native checkout you know, push for me. And then once we did that, we said, okay, we got to tie all of our marketing to the app. The conversion of the app is better than mobile web. How do we arbitrage traffic, funnel traffic from mobile web into app? And luckily we had a brilliant CMO uh, who got on board with that, um, helped us out with you know, the budgets and, and, and leadership on it. And so we just started tying all of our marketing to the app. Um, opening up emails was number one. Email was a huge driver. And, you know, the growth just kept going. And so we continue to focus and improve the experience. Performance, you know, the app's got to be fast, super fast. Um, and then lastly, and the most interesting is, uh, Adam, I think we talked about this. We haven't done a download campaign, mm. right? We have not paid, a, well, I'm sure we've done some download campaigns, but very minor here and there, right? No massive marketing campaign. But we put it in our stores and had our stores compete on a program called App Attack. And App Attack was a competition on stores to drive downloads. So we have QR codes on lanyards. We have uh, download the app uh, to get updated pricing. And that has been huge. I mean, that is, those are the three primary drivers uh, of, of our growth. I bet. Yeah, that sounds like you've done a ton of work digitally on the app. I hope your competitors aren't listening because they might steal some of those ideas. Um, and you're already touching on this already. Obviously, mobile is a bigger part of your business than it once was. Where does the mobile app fit in the company's marketing and sales efforts now compared to where it used to? So, you, you know, we hear about app from the CEO all the time now, right? It's, it's like we've arrived, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, you know, I think mobile app is still seen as uh, somewhat a marketing channel, 
but a purely, not purely, a significant portion of our customers are still our most loyal customers, right? Not everyone needs app per se, right? So I think we'll continue to grow like crazy and our marketing efforts will continue to be focused on app, but it's really about parity with mobile web and, and desktop. We want the customer to see one experience. You know, we don't want the app to necessarily stand out from mobile web or desktop. We want them to be great across all. Um, now, mobile app has certain parameter or certain uh, faculties that are available to it to make it a better experience that are just going to be there naturally. And of course, my team is going to push for excellence as much as we possibly can. But hey, I push for mobile web excellence as well. You know, um, we talked a little bit about PWA. Like, you know, I would love to see mobile web get PWA. Um, but it's not going to replace the app. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I really like your the thought of making the the brick and mortar, the individual brick and mortar stores, uh, you know, compete and, and have them drive. <laughs> basically, you know, they've done a great job. Yeah, yeah in person customers to digital. That's awesome. Um, I think it's an important perspective because if you walk into a store and you don't know the company has an app. You know, isn't that a problem? Like we've been talking about Omnichannel for, I feel like forever, you know, at <laughs> least as time. long as I've been in e-commerce. But what makes Omnichannel real is mobile. And so, but yet somehow there's a secondary thought process about mobile app. And I just, it's really confusing to me because, you know, <clears throat> people have asked me, well, do I need mobile app? And I always say the same thing. Well, do you need increased conversion? Do you need increased performance? Do you need to give your best customers, your most premium customers, the most premium experience? Oh, you do? Okay, well then you need a mobile app. And that means that the customer has to know it when they get to the store. Yep. And, and if awful. you don't have that, you're not omni-channel. You've been at Belk now for, you, you alluded to this earlier, for about seven years. Um, and so that's a long time, especially in, <laughs> you know, by today's standards, I think, for, for being at a company. Yeah. And so I want to get into some like you guys are seeing a lot of success now, success now. But I want to get into some of the lessons you've learned along the way, yeah. whether it be from a product or a marketing perspective, um, you know, and any pitfalls you might have ran into that other people, our listeners can learn from. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> you can see all the lessons I've learned in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> my moisturizer <laughs> is not very good and I'm very tired. Um, the first thing is you are not your customer. I don't care if you're a product manager, if you're IT, or if you're a technical product manager, or if you're the business, you know, you have to get out of thinking that you are your customer and you need to get out there and talk to your customers. One thing that we found out after all this time was that the Belk app actually has more 60 year old users than 20 year old users, wow. more. And yet we still hear this myth that like, you know, older customers don't use app. No, mm -hmm. actually it's the opposite. I think older customers prefer app because the, you know, accessibility features are much better. Um, of, of course, assuming implementation is correct. But so, you know, don't make assumptions. You are not your customer. Um, focus on your customer's experience, you know, um, think through things deeply. Don't just copy others. Um, we had a number of challenges uh, with the way our like size selector works or that the app paradigm is different from mobile web. And we kept hearing, well, mobile web and mobile app should be the same. And I said, no, it's a different customer. It's a different customer. It's always a different customer. Our loyalty is higher in app. Our, it's, a, it's more likely to be an elite customer, which is uh, our, our loyalty program, our, our private label credit card. Uh, 
And so once we realized that it was a different customer, we changed our focus. We understood that customers aren't buying multiple items. They're buying maybe one item or one item five times, or they're buying bigger items. They buy different items, shoes, handbags. Um, they're less apparel, but more hard goods or items that are easy to have size. So, you know, in regard to lesson learned, I think being customer focused, being performance focused, um, you know, I have a shirt on that says work hard and be nice. I mean, put the effort and the thought process into what that user experience is and, and, you know, don't be lazy. Don't take the, the, the fastest route, you know, figure out what it is that gives the customer the best experience. And if you do that, success will come and, and uh, people will notice. It takes time though, a lot of time and hard work. So. Yeah, I believe that. I love that. Work hard, be nice. I'm going to steal that. Is that the motto going into 2021? What <laughs> future plans do you have for the app? Is there any exciting rollouts or something we should uh, you know, stay tuned for? None that I can speak about, but yes. There. Yes. <laughs> Um, look, curbside pickup is huge. We rolled it out last year. Um, we have a great curbside pickup partner um, that works with us. There's some um, uh, very big, um, you know, things coming down. Uh, well, not coming down, but but they've been released by Apple that we want to implement. You know, that that are obvious no-brainers, um, in my opinion, to drive app success. Um, you know, we talk about app clips. I think app clips are going to be huge for apps. Um, you know, I'm anxious to see people pick it up. Um, I, you know, right now I'm, you're seeing some people pick it up, but I think it's going to get really interesting once we eliminate the barrier of downloading the app, right. Or maybe not necessarily eliminating it, but, but, but massaging it, um, and making that experience easier. Um, and that is really the important piece to becoming ubiquitous because, you know, when all your marketing points at mobile web, it's really hard to be, have success on app. So if you can start pointing your marketing and your emails and, and your Twitter feed and, and all these links everywhere, um, I think the app, that's what helps it do be significantly better. Um, people still have to open the app for it to be successful. It can be great, but if it doesn't open from your emails and other things, then, you know, it's almost like people don't see it. So it's important to tie your marketing in and marketing is still centered around web so would you this is this is going back to something you mentioned earlier um the the average age of your of your mobile app users that that's really interesting to me um and i'm thinking about my grandparents who who are like you know my grandmother knows how to use a a, a mobile phone and, and my grandfather does not but um <laughs> do you think that the average age has been skewing older and older or is that is is that a belk specific thing do you think oh uh, yeah our customer is you know naturally a, a a bit older and like i said we've been around since 1888 and you know we have very loyal customers whose parents and their parents shopped i remember when i first came to carolina and i went and got a haircut which i need one badly now but uh I went and got a haircut uh, and I said, yeah, I work at Belk. And she goes, oh, my grandma loves Belk. And uh, she said, uh, my grandpa said, when I die, bury me under Belk so that she'll visit me. <laughs> and, but that, that set my whole perspective because, you know, people were loyal because it's a family company. It's a good company. Uh, we care about the people that we work with and, and a big part of the community. Um, and it's just got a very loyal customer base. 
So, so yeah, it, you know, we skew a little bit older naturally. Um, but I do think it busts the myth that, you know, right. older customers don't want app. I, I think they do. It's just, you know, they're late adopters. That's all. Sure. Totally. We've talked about this on a previous episode where we were speaking with EA and we were speaking about it in the gaming context, but there's a lot of assumptions about who's going to actually use the app and who would be the primary target. And the reality is that there actually are a lot of older folks and even a lot of older women who, um, you know, are app savvy and are perfect. Uh, absolutely they are. And our, yeah. and our app is primarily women as well. Um, so, you know, I think about my grandmother who's, you know, relatively young, uh, you know, she's the first one to text me back when I text people, <laughs> yeah. you know, like she really is. So I, like I said, I think they're, they're a different customer. They're, you know, um, and, and yeah, they're a late adopter, but they're still there. And again, the app experience is smoother and Hey, look, they're not over here using Snapchat. I get it. They're, they're not going to understand sort of different UI patterns, but I think if you understand your customer really well, and you define your UI patterns around your personas, then you can have success. But sure, if you design a slick, you know, interface that is not meant for that kind of customer, yeah, they're not going to be able to use it. But that's just true for anybody, right? It's just true for anybody. Right. right. Just build a good product. They will come. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No Adam customer. <laughs> exactly. Know your customer. That's what Matt said. I'm not sure if my audio cut him out there, but Adam, do we have um, more questions before we drop into our fun question? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's uh, let's find out something interesting about Matt here. Oh boy. All right. What, what do you got? Here's what I'm thinking. Whenever I go into a department store or any type of store, really, on your way to the register, they put you in like a corral of products, you know, and you got to walk through these little shelves of products and sometimes yeah. they're mini. Are you a sucker for those? Like if you're with the kids oh. or something, do, what, what do you go for? Like, or are you like, no, I absolutely will not get me at the end of my purchase. I will not add anything to it. I'm a sucker for snacks. Yeah. You know, I, my daughters call me the sneaky snacky because <laughs> I'm always sneaking <laughs> snacks and uh putting twizzlers under the cart and stuff you know like <laughs> uh the snacks really get me i'm not terrible about it i was at best buy yesterday buying a backup hard drive and i definitely peruse these coffee warmers that sit on your desk and i was like i can't do that so <laughs> i have some discipline but man if you put like a payday bar out or something yeah i or twix i'll grab almond joy oh yeah i definitely am a sucker for those Belk doesn't actually do that wraparound thing, which is great. We have these little mini customer service places. But uh, yeah, the kids for sure. I mean, they just put them right at eye level, like especially yeah. the little toys. Oh, makes me crazy. But you know, it is what it is. So, <laughs> Adam, what about you? You practice constraint or no? Yeah, I well, back when you used to, you know, meet people, I would always grab a pack of mints, uh, but I don't, I don't feel like I need them anymore. Um, and, uh, when I was younger, I remember I would always get my, uh, ask my mom for either a candy or I liked like the little individually packaged, uh, Hot Wheel cars that they had sometimes at like Walgreens. Ooh. Yeah. I used to buy the little helmets from the, from the quarter machine, you know, back in the old, yes. old days. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I'll tell you what I am a sucker for though, is these quick hit Instagram ads, you know, like these little products that I'm like, oh man, like, you know, the 23andMe or Thrive where you're like, oh, buy this little 
thing to do your genetic testing or some product like fancy athletic shorts that are like a quick buy. Oh man, I buy that crap all the time because it's just so easy. Same. You know, I love that you're a mobile first guy, no matter what. You're like, real life temptations don't bother me. On Instagram, extremely bothered. I got, no, I, got a, I got in huge trouble. I'll tell you what I got in huge trouble for. I bought a uh, iPhone charger and I've got the Apple card, you know, and it's in Apple Pay and it's no, no, uh, no interest or whatever. So I'm in the Apple store looking for like a new charger. My charger broke. And I was like, oh, this charger looks really awesome. I'll charge my watch and, you know, the whole nine. And uh, I bought it. And my wife was like, what did you spend $100 on? I was like, well, it's only $10 a month. And all I had to do was press Apple Pay. And like, <laughs> and so I had to return it. But it was so easy that I totally fell for it. I had to return it. <laughs> yeah. Why am I buying a $100 charger? It's ridiculous. I know. Yeah. That's Listen. awesome. I totally hear you. I could probably bore you all day for uh, purchasing what got me for how easy it was to make them. Um, but I think we'll leave it at this. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we loved hearing from you. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Madeline. This is it. What? Lucini pouring from the sky. Let's get rich. What? The Jiki Vons and Sugar Dons can't quit. What? Now pop the caucus in the Vega and get lit. What? 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 Introducing Phantom of the Dark Walk through my heaven with levitation from Reefers, Drench, and Divas, and Eve Seven showboating with Rugas, Flash Vines, Bella Fonte, Jigga. Let's get forward this birth as we confiscate your figures. Yeah.